You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson. And I'm Brad Gray. And we just had a fantastic conversation uh, with Bob Bird about the Shraddha Turin. So hopefully our listeners will be able to attend in that Duluth Diocese area uh, and also down in the Archdiocese area in Mm -hmm. St. Paul to check that out. But if you aren't able to attend, please, you know, Tell a friend about the podcast or help them learn more about this incredible miracle that God gave us to to reveal Christ even more to us. I mean, he comes to us in so many ways, um, but boy, when there's a physical way like this, it's just really powerful and affirms so much. I mean, we all talk about how, uh, you know, what it'd be like to be there when Jesus was around and walking and teaching and, and all that. And you actually get to see... Him. I mean, an image of him laying in the tomb. That's extraordinary. And and it is. I mean, he related to some other artwork, and even in the the painting, uh, St. Faustina, uh, that was that God gave us uh, through his visit with her, um, that even through just right down to the micrometer, uh, everything matches the Shroud of Turin. So that's pretty amazing. Yes. But now we're so excited. Uh, we have our next guest, uh, Michael Ram, is joining us. Thank you so much for being here today. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Um, yeah, pretty quickly, I was born in, born in Yankton, South Dakota, but I, I lived in Laverne, Minnesota for most of my life. Uh, and that's yeah, totally where I... I grew up Catholic, going to Mass. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, like, like most people nowadays, I, I really started to kind of experience a lot of doubts, and, yeah, I really fell away from the church in, in middle school. I just wasn't getting a lot of answers to my questions. Um, but it was a, probably a separate period of my life. But, but thank you, Lord, I, I experienced something of a, of a conversion in high school where I started going to Mass again and started trying to pray, and it was really there that, you know, I'd go into Mass and lay my sins and my struggles before the Lord. And yeah, the experience is really loving and, and merciful God, and not, not a judgmental or, or a harsh God, but one who, it seemed like he was saying, I'm in your corner. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was awesome just experiencing that. And then going to college, I yeah, entered into this, this community that is St. Paul's Outreach and uh, a religious order called the Brotherhood of Hope that has welcomed me in and really loved me and taught me how to pray and taught me how to, how to love the Lord and taught me how to be a mission. And it's just by experiencing the love of the Lord through that community and, and through prayer and just like drawing close to the Lord. Yeah, it's, it's just a really, really, it's been my life ever since, drawing close to the Lord and helping others yeah, draw close to Him too. Michael, I love that you say that because, you know, there's, for all of us on this pilgrimage, uh, this journey in life, you know, we we can be really strong Catholics and we can hit like brick walls where we just have this emptiness. And then, and then, you know, there's such a mix between rules and hope, you know, Uh, rules and love, and how people define love even. And so it's just really cool how you just unpack that. That is so important Mm -hmm. in our journey of faith that we we have these rules that the church gives us because they love us and they care about us in our Mm -hmm. journey. But we also need to remember to always meet people where they're at and to be that loving light of Christ in their life. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we do have those dead spells that happen from time to time, no matter what age we are. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. So, um, Michael, you you mentioned that you're uh, you're involved with uh, St. Paul's Outreach. Tell us a little bit about what St. Paul's Outreach is, and you know, why is it St. Paul's Outreach? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great question. Uh, I I can speak for hours about this. Honestly, I, I love the, what what we do. Uh, but really, at the core of what we do, I think we would say we we build these, these missional communities, the communities on campuses and, and beyond, maybe some young adult communities, that is really about forming lifelong disciples, missionary disciples, right? Where, where communities is at the center of, uh, of of our mission, it's the heart of our mission, because because when we become these this people, these, these students that are committed to like, living this common way of life together. Uh, one, it really it calls us on individually to pursue a relationship with the Lord, but it creates these really deep relationships that when, when someone is new is invited into the, that community, is experience so much love and, you know, where, where loneliness is, is epidemic of, of this culture today, mm-hmm. now they can experience, you know, wow, I feel like I belong. Like, these people actually want to get to know me and, and hang out with me and, and love me. And uh, so community is, is really important, but also... You know, forming these lifelong disciples, like formation is, is is so important to us. Where you know, it, the initial conversion is it, just not enough for the faith. Like the faith must mature if we want to, you know, finish this race well, as St. Paul says. So we, you know, we, we try to like, okay, let's say this freshman guy walks into our community. You know, we have we have four years with this man before he, he kind of leaves and goes on his own. So how can we invest in him? Where or when he does graduate and, and move on, he's, he's able to, to, yeah, finish this race well. So there's, you know, small groups, and uh, like we uh, have these households where, where students will live together and, and just, like, you know, I'm going to surround myself with, with people that are committed to the same way of life and learning how to pray and learning how to, you know, use the sacraments and learning how to uh, be a mission. And, yeah, and, yeah, he's really engaging in that. So that, that's at the heart of what we do is building these communities allow us to be formed and, and to mature disciples of the Lord. Yeah, and that is just so important. You know, last Wednesday for my eighth grade uh, catechesis class, uh, we talked about being disciples of Jesus. We talked about that personal relationship that he desires with us. And, you know, in middle school, it's just like really identifying true friendship is kind of a difficult thing, mm-hmm. and it's a painful thing for, mm-hmm. for many. But authentic friendship. I mean, that's what you're describing is that authentic friendship mm-hmm. with the people in your community, which is what God gives us. Uh, that's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, it's such a gift. It's also just so much fun, you know. It's like, yeah, just doing these crazy things and just having deep conversations at the same time. It's a lot of fun. So, Michael, I'm curious, as you talk about, you know, forming lifelong disciples, um, uh, I'm wondering, is is there like a, a sort of a plan? Like someone comes into the community, right? They're, they they enter, join one of the communities. Um, like, is there a sort of, <laughs> I don't mean to put it like, like tritely, but like a, a, an agenda or so? I mean, is there is there a plan? Like, are you trying to, to say, oh, well, we want to teach them, uh, we want to teach them prayer, what prayer looks like. We want to mm-hmm. teach them, you know, how to... Uh, to to form friendship, like is there are there certain things like like keys that you're focusing on on how do I form mm-hmm. this person? Yeah, no, that's a great question because because you know we we do want to be intentional with the, with the time that we have, so there is something of a structure, right? Where it might be uh, you know flexible and for everyone's different, but there is a structure. We have you know content that we go through in our men's groups, mm-hmm. um, or like yeah, where we learn first of all. 
first you have to learn your identity as a son of God or a mm. daughter of God. Yes. And the foundation of that. And then you can kind of move into like, okay, how do I pray? How do I actually engage in this identity? You know, and then you might move into, okay, like, how do I live a virtuous life? How do I live a life where I can lead a family well and lead others to Christ? Uh, so there, there is like something of a plan that, that we, we've definitely thought about and, and prayed about that the Lord has invited us into. Uh, we're definitely, yeah, we need to be flexible in how we approach that, but it, it is really important to be intentional with leading others on, on this kind of Christian path. Yeah, absolutely. So how old is St. Is Paul's outreach? Has this been going on for like decades, or is this a relatively new outreach, or, or what is it like? Yeah, uh, uh, we were founded in 1985 in, in St. Paul, Minnesota, at University of St. Thomas. Uh, and it really hasn't been until, I don't know, late 2000s, uh, 2008 or so, that we started to expand to different campuses where now we're coming kind of nationwide. And, yeah, it's really, so we have decades old, and, and even now we're still kind of learning what is God's place for us in, in the church where we're, we're now even expanding into more young adult communities where we're realizing four, four years is not enough time for, for someone to really be formed and, and, and become mature in, in the faith. So, yeah, we're definitely still kind of learning what is what is the God's place for us. Well, I think uh, that aspect of learning is so important because even just having friendships these days seems like it's different than it was 20 years ago or even perhaps 10 years mm. ago. There are new challenges. There's the, you know, the, the uh, we'll call it intrusion of, of uh, an isolated life through social media. Uh, there's all sorts of different dynamics, right, involved in, in what it means to, to follow the Lord, to live a healthy humanity. Uh, now, so it, that's a that's I think a really, in my estimation, that's a really important aspect of this adaptability to what uh, what's actually needed today, right? Yeah, yeah, amen. Yeah, we we definitely see this community, this call to community, as like something of a prophetic call, where we live in in an isolated world, a lonely world, where no, the Lord wants us to live in this communal life, and He's called us to live this in, in a deeper way. These deep relationships, these, these deep friendships that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think of it as like a prophetic call. It's like really the Lord has blessed us in that. Yeah. So, so Michael, what is required to to be a missionary with St. Paul Outreach? Uh, what kind of uh, interview process do you have for? Um... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good question. The uh, uh, I think it's like the bare minimum. I think a college degree is like the, the basic requirement, and there's some kind of maybe some kind of experience with a, a way of life. Uh, but the, you know, the Lord, if He doesn't call the equipped, He, he equips the call, uh, right? So we, we see that all throughout the Bible. Uh, so I suppose the, the most important requirement to be a missionary with us is, is a call from God. So the the application process is more like a discernment process hmm. where you'll answer these questions of praying about, Lord, is this your call for me, this way of life? And then you'll do interviews with us, and it's like, we'll also be discerning, like, is this your call to do this work with us? So, and then, you know, if you, if the, the call is there, you know, there's plenty of training. Over the summer, we, we have, like, a month-long training, and then over the year, there's plenty of investment and just, like, support. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of the requirement, I would say. It's just the, the basic call from God, right? He'll, he'll lead the rest of the way. Well, that is that is really cool. I, I definitely want to go into this deeper, Michael. We're gonna to have to take a quick break here, but on the other side of this break, let's find out more about like what does the prayer life of a of a St. Paul's outreach missionary look like, and you know what are some of the blessings and the challenges of this this way of life. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Real Presence Drive right after this. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Deuteronomy 30, Moses sets out a choice. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. It doesn't sound like much of a choice. Who would willingly choose curses and death? Yet the need to state the obvious remains even today. Often in our times, evil masquerades as good, and good is presented as evil. It's actually quite easy to be deceived and to unwittingly choose a course of action that brings death. That's where Mother Church comes in, and with her teachings, she guides us through the earthly minefields right to the door of our Father's house. Today, Jesus has set before you the ability to choose actions that will lead to life and actions that will lead to death. Which will you choose today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson. And I'm Brad Gray. And we've been having a fantastic conversation with Michael Ram with St. Paul's Outreach. He's been telling us... about a great program yeah. that's available for any of our listeners listening. You might have a, a son that uh, is about that college age, out of college, mm-hmm. that you can, you know, refer them to this incredible program. I know we have great programs like Focus, and mm-hmm. here's another one in St. Paul's Outreach. Yeah, so, Michael, we, as we were going to break, we were saying that we wanted to learn a little bit about, um, you know, what the, the life, uh, the work, and the prayer life of a of a St. Paul's outreach missionary looks like, like uh, you know, when you we have each of us is is we're we're created, we're born into a relationship with the Lord, right? Uh, but the 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 work that we take on that also informs what our prayer life is like. That informs you know how we relate to the Lord and and the the special um, I don't know graces that we might need. What is how does this inform and impact the prayer life of a of a St. Paul's outreach missionary? What's the prayer life look like? Yeah, no, very, very much so. It's, it's, it's the core. Right? Like this is it's the Lord's ministry. It's not mine. Uh, he does the growth. I might plant the seed, but uh, so yeah, if we don't take the time to work in our relationship with the Lord, then it's all for waste, mm-hmm. really. So 
Uh, yeah, I, I'd say typically a missionary would spend probably like two hours a day in prayer. Mm. So I put structure on it. But like in these households that we live in, you know, we have morning prayer, uh, which is like half an hour, and then maybe 30, 60 minutes in like personal prayer, reading scripture, meditating, and then we know it's like at Mass, going to Mass every day, and praying the rosary, just spending time with spiritual reading. Uh, and yeah, the relationship is so important, working at that. And you know, I mentioned like in, in the break, you know, we... You always think you're being so generous when he's like, I'm going to give you two years of my life to be a mission more, but he's always so much more generous you can ever, ever expect. Where, yeah, he's just blessed me and brings so much closer to him through this, this, this time. So, it, yeah, it's definitely prayer is super important in, in what we do in our day-to-day life. And just having that um, really kind of as a focal point, I think itself is is so transformative. So formative and transformative. Like, I know I find... Uh, those the times that I devote to to the Lord in prayer, He He changes me, right? He He mm-hmm. teaches me, He informs me, He uh, helps me to to know better how to follow Him. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's something that's that's a regular part of your experience. Like there's, uh, it was kind of funny when I, I I worked as a carpenter for for ten years, and I would have uh, certain projects that I would come to, and I, I like I have no idea how to do this. And there was one project mm-hmm. in particular, I was building a house. And I remember there were probably about a half a dozen times where I got to the end of the day and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do on this next step. Uh, but like overnight, the Lord would give me in a dream, like the way that, the, mm-hmm. that, and it came to be one of those things where I just knew, okay, well, I don't know how to do it now, but I will in the morning. Um, and it's just, it's amazing how the Lord really does speak to us and he really does change mm-hmm. us if we devote that time to listening to him. And so mm-hmm. I think that is such mm-hmm. a huge key for the work that you guys are doing. There's no way that you'd be equipped to do uh, the, that outreach, right? Unless you're actually actively receiving from the Lord His guidance of what He wants to do with the people you're you're sent to. Is that right? Amen. Yeah, I, I've experienced it too in the mission. You know, I'm talking to a student and it's like, I just don't know how to, how to help them take the next step. Like you take it to the prayer, like Lord, you know, help me to love this person. Like, what would you say to them? And and the words just they just come to you, and uh, yeah, you just sharing that with them it can be really fruitful. Mm-hmm. And and I think what you and Brad have both brought to light too is that that ability to listen, uh, because that is something that we've kind of lost in the world. And we've kind of turned inward on ourselves mm-hmm. as a culture, and and that really shuts you know you off from listening to others and if you can't listen to others i mean it's just like wow to really listen to god mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's so vitally important and then the reverse of that is when we do listen and we do uh just step out of ourselves to to have god's presence then we can better serve and be his light out there so and we never feel alone right uh, and that's just so key. So what have been some of like, I mean, you've talked about some of the roses. What are some of like the thorns in your ministry? <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're, they're definitely there. Um, you know, for me, it's, you know, I, I love these students so much. And, uh, you know, it's great to see them grow close to the Lord, but it, it's so hard to see a lot of students when, when faced with opportunities to actually kind of shy away and, and just not not take those steps and actually turn it to the lesser mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's always really hard to see. And um, there's it, definitely it takes time to you know prioritize different parts of my day. There, there's just so much to do in, in running a community that uh, you know I, I really have to pray. Like, what is what do I need to do? And that involves sacrificing really good things sometimes over over better things. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think on on a on a more national level, for ministry is something something that's been hard. Is uh, this ministry is so good and it's been so fruitful, but it's really hard to kind of expand to different campuses. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're all over the country in like Minnesota and Arizona, Texas. Now I'm out in Boston and in Florida, uh, but because community is at the heart of what we do, and it's uh, it, it's really hard to do sense and some missionaries to some campus where there is no community. So it, it involves more intentionality and in, in building up students. Um, and, and inviting missionaries into that. So it just takes more time to, to expand, and, and it's, it's just tough when it's, it's such a good ministry, seeing that. But mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think we're just, again, I'm kind of being very hypothetical here, but um, we have a lot of people who are PhDs in catechesis, you know, out there, mm-hmm. and, and it's just so important to try and be a PhD in, in, in our Catholic faith. We're all wanting to be stronger and smarter and, and better, you know, uh, apologists, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. with our faith. It's very important for us to continue to grow. But we also have to remember that there's a lot of people out there that if we, that might be second grade, you know, and we can't forget how to speak to to people where they're at, you know, um, even in teaching eighth grade, I got to be really careful to bring it at that eighth grade, mm-hmm. you know, level because mm-hmm. we don't want it to be so hard. They just give up and say, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. It's just too hard. Amen. Yeah. So that's what's so beautiful, what you're doing. You know, do you have any words of encouragement for the parent or grandparent who sends their child to college and they're afraid they may lose the faith because that's a real deal that happens. Mm. Yeah, no, it totally is. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it must be really hard, especially now. Uh, yeah, from, from my side, I, I have seen some really encouraging things, you know, with our ministry, with, with focus of, of students who, who really have experienced the Lord in a real way. Um, so there, there is like a lot, a lot out there. Um, a lot of ministries that I definitely trust, uh, but I guess the, the main encouragement, right, is like let's remember the yeah the nature of the Lord. Like the Lord doesn't want us to live in fear. The Lord doesn't want us to worry. Like He He let's like trust in Him. He 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 does deeply desire like a deep relationship with, with your child. So yeah, just just pray for pray for him or her, and yeah, just just encourage them and, and just trust in Him. Trust in the Lord always. Michael, I've got a question for you as we talk about like parents and grandparents looking at their kids going off to college and, and having some apprehensions about you know how this will impact their faith. So uh, just because I'm not entirely clear, so with SPO, um, d- does it always mean a student is living in community with other students? Uh, and if so, how does a parent or a grandparent kind of get tapped into that, you know, get their kid tapped into that right from the beginning? Or how do, how do, you, how do you approach that? What's that look like? Um... Yeah, so definitely we, we try and meet a lot of students. It, it, it can be really helpful if, uh, you know, a parent reaches out oftentimes and people that search out contact information and will, yeah, reach out and just invite them to stuff. And, you know, not everyone is, is like, super invested in the community, right? There's just different levels of hmm. people living in, in a house and people you know, just doing small groups, people, people that just come to, like, social events. Okay. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're all part of part of the community, very, very open to people coming at different levels. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, and that, that is so vital in, in the busyness and everything of today that, uh, yeah. you know, that's very cool. So where, do you have a website or right. something our listeners can go to to find out yeah. more, like locations and schools right. that you're mm-hmm. actively involved in? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, 
I, my, my boss always says, you know, SBO is uh, Sample Diaries. Is, it's one of the church's best kept secrets. I'm always always happy to spread the word. Uh, you probably get most most information from our website, which is just SPO.org. Just the letters SPO.org. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I ask you to check it out. You know, if, please spread the word. You know, pray for us uh, if, if you can, you know, donate financially. But, yeah. Great. So what I, I guess I would like to kind of close it out with um, with what are some of the things that you found to be the greatest blessings in your own life in being involved in this in this work? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's oh, so many, <laughs> uh, you know, like living in community, so many deep relationships. Right. Uh, some of like my closest brothers uh, I've lived with, or I've worked alongside the mission with and. Um, just some, some, yeah, really strong support of the times where I've been, yeah, just kind of low or struggling there. They're always by my side to pick me back up. Uh, and just like, you know, it's, it's hard work. You kind of have to turn to prayer a lot of times and just this incredible, incredibly grown closer to the Lord in, in a lot of ways through, through prayer and just through, through my, my life. So those, those are the, the two biggest things, right? My, my relationship with, with those around me and my, my relationship with God mm. incredibly deep. Are there uh, so this is a this is a two year commitment that uh, that a young person would make to be a, a missionary and if, if along with that can someone like re up can they do another two or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so minimum typically two year commitment just kind of get your feet on the ground and yeah after that it, it's up to you know what what's the Lord's call for you do you want to continue to be a missionary is, is Lord's call for you elsewhere so it kind of becomes a discernment process of. Yeah, what, what do you want to do? But there's also, you know, you can move up as uh, maybe be a chapter leader or, um, yeah, just continue to be a missionary. But there's different different places you can go. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being on with us, Michael, this morning. Thank you for responding to God's call in this way and for the awesome work that you're doing in the lives of, of so many young people, you and, and your fellow missionaries. It's been a treat talking with you for sure. Um, and we will definitely be yeah, keeping you and, and the mission in our prayers. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you uh, so much. You have a wonderful day. Up next, we'll hear from Eric Simmons about a biblical way to prepare for Christmas. So don't go away. We'll be right back.